Retro nonsense in the house, y'all. Autobots, transform and roll out. No, I am your father. No! Fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Just give me my retro. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. Hello and welcome to the Retro Nonsense Podcast. This is episode five. I'm Duke, and with me is my good friend Chris Roberts. So we've got a big one for you guys today. We are going to talk all about NES collecting. So are you ready for this, Chris? Oh yeah, man. This is right <laughs> up my alley for sure. Mine as well. So um, I want to start out by mentioning uh, NES Complex just recently put out a uh, comprehensive NES video. What, what was it titled, Chris? Oh, you put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Is it NES Memories? Uh, hold on, man. Like, dang it. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep talking. But anyway. I'll, I'll, the, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. That it was, like jerks. in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, NES uh, videos yeah, I've it, ever it's seen. Remembering the, remembering the Nintendo. Okay. So any Nintendo or NES fan out there needs to go check that video out. It was absolutely fantastic, and it's just, I was smiling from ear to ear the whole time, and it just did such an amazing job at capturing that, I don't know, all the nuances of that era with the NES and just uh, the, the merchandising and the cartoons and everything. It was just a fantastic job, and I know he put his heart into it. So I just wanted to mention that, and you were involved in it in some way, weren't you, Chris? Well, yeah, uh, we did a little brainstorming together on some some of the you know the the ideas, the rough ideas or whatever. And um, I also did uh, I recorded um, some of the items that he showed in the video that he showed yeah. that he shown that that was shown in the video. Cool. I, I know I know all the words, man. I got the best words. So <laughs> <laughs> let me work on using them. Well, anyway, it was it was excellent, and I just highly recommend it to. Uh, any retro gaming fan, really, for that matter. It was just fantastic. All right, with that, we're going to start with our podcast here. And um, I guess we'll start with... Why don't you give us a brief kind of history, Chris, with your NES through the years and when you got yours and all that good stuff. Just kind of a brief overview of your your history with the NES. Well, like, like a lot of kids from our generation... Uh, we had all the commercials so you would see them anytime you were watching cartoons they would pop up and and um you know i, I was a a little i, I don't want to say snake bitten because i do love the atari but i remember you know when you play the games in the arcade and then you play the atari game you know there was a big difference as far as the graphics and the gameplay um sometimes they were close but you know anyway uh so when I heard about this new game system, the Nintendo, I, I, I don't know, I didn't really think much about it. You know, it had a funny sounding name and all that, but you know, kids would talk about it and whatever. But uh, one of my friend, Angel, he his cousin had one. He came over to my home one weekend after, it was during vacation, so he came over talking about how they were playing these games, Contra and Castlevania and Super Mario Brothers. And like, just 
the description of it all it's like i had to have it you know and we did have a play choice 10 at a local arcade where i lived um so i was a little familiar with super mario brothers but i didn't think it was going to be the exact same game you know what i mean like right. i didn't realize the play choice 10 was the ex those you know they were essentially the same games right and uh so pretty much after that point it uh it was my mission to kind of get to get one um my grandparents uh they they uh they gave me a job cutting their lawn i would cut their lawn um basically every two weeks but during the springtime leading into summer my grandfather would put a lot of fertilizer on the lawn and uh it would grow faster so i got to cut it four times a month and they would give me 15 dollars every time i cut the grass and even a neighbor started letting me cut their grass for a little bit because their grandson was out of town or something like that so i was able to get enough money which was about 130 bucks after tax and everything i think there were one pretty sure there were 129 at the time so it was probably about 124 or uh, 134 135 something like that after tax but i knocked it out in about a month and a half went to kmart bought myself a you know the action set took it home and uh you know me and my friends were just playing super mario brothers at the time that was the only game i i got and uh i just couldn't get enough of it man i mean it was you know between that and i mean even the game duck hunt which you know on itself it's a it's a limited game i mean you know it doesn't have a lot of variety to it after you've played it for a while but I mean, it was just, it was a fun switch, a change up. You know, you could play Mario for a while and it's like, oh, you know, let's just play Duck Hunt or even the clay shooting. And, and I mean, it was just a great little bundle. Like, in all honesty, at the time, like, if that's all I ever had out of it, I probably would have been content for a while. You know what I mean? Like, it, just thinking of it as just like a standalone toy kind of. Right. It was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, finding the secrets in, in the levels and, you know just learning the little tricks from kids and uh you know because you know then there was no internet so you had to kind of get it word of mouth or from video game magazines and i, I know i might be jumping ahead a little bit but yeah. anyway so th that was my early experience with it was basically burnt getting sunburnt and uh <laughs> in the california sun and um getting you know over here cutting my grandfather's lawn and basically just counting the days for to uh to grow back and how old were you? Uh, how old were you when you got yours? Roughly? Uh, roughly, uh, I don't know. Probably a little older than most. I think I was around, probably twelve or thirteen. Okay. Something like that. So, and it was, it was, it was eighty-eight. Okay. So, uh, yeah, probably fourteen. I think. Yeah. I hadn't, no, I hadn't turned fourteen yet, so I was like thirteen. I was thirteen at the time. Gotcha. I, I'm pretty sure. I always said that I got mine in 1985 when I was ten, but. Upon further reflection, I think that it was probably more likely 86 when I was 11. Because I don't think the NES really was popular until 1986, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think that was the year it really broke out. Yeah. So and Honestly, I think their first really massive year was 87, if I'm not... I, I might be off on that, but I think 80... But 86 was probably when it was in every store. Yeah. 85 was kind of like their soft launch. Right. You know, they have uh, the test market, which, you know, the... You know, the big thing is it was in New York, but right. uh, as more information comes out, there was a few other big cities that also had the same test market, but New York was the big test market, and if they made it in New York, they felt like they can make it there, they can make it anywhere, right? <laughs> right. So that would have put me... If I got mine in 1986, which I believe I did, I would have been 11 years old when I got my 
my NES. And it's similar to your story, um, you know, I probably saw commercials for it and just kind of um, thought thought it was kind of cool looking. But the first time I saw it was over at my grandmother's house. One of my uncles picked it up. And I walked in the door and he was playing Super Mario Brothers. And I was like, wow. You know, I just couldn't believe it. My jaw hit the floor and I was just blown away at how colorful it was and how fluid the graphics were and how just the, the, the music and everything. I was the blown music, away. Yeah. So from that moment, I was like, I For need sure. one of these things. And I was already a big gaming fan from the Atari era. And my brother and I saved up our allowances. And I, I cut grass as well. And um, we chipped in and bought one at best. And it was the same thing, the action pack with the Mario Brothers Duck Hunt and the light gun, the gray light gun. So Yeah, I had the gray one as well. Yeah. So I never I never had an orange one. That came uh I guess a little bit later, nineteen eighty eight or something like that, I guess. They started releasing yeah, the Yeah, they one. had that uh, the the law where yeah. They had to have bright colors with kids' toys. Right. So, uh, like, Megatron got the little orange tip and stuff like that. Yep, so I was uh, a little younger than you when I uh, first experienced my NES, but it wasn't too long before, you know, I fell into the whole Nintendo fanboy trap because then they started having all the cartoons and the merchandising and the Nintendo Power came out, and next thing you know... It was just everywhere. Every every kid had one. Everybody at school was talking about Nintendo games and what games they beat, what games they had, bringing games on the school bus and trading them in the schoolyard. And it was just like, all of a sudden, it was like this new kind of... It was kind of like the birth of the gaming community because there really wasn't like a community with Atari. You know, you had a lot of friends that had Atari, but because Nintendo had, I guess, a, a better plan in place with with uh, how to create this kind of pop culture phenomenon. Um, right. it, it just was a much bigger thing. and it, Well, I also think it was more directed towards, uh, marketed towards children. Yes. Whereas yeah. the Atari, even though, yes, kids, it was marketed towards kids too, but I think it was marketed towards adults just as much. You know, like even, even one of their big old Atari commercials, the salesman's selling it to an adult. Yeah, and he's playing the game. You yeah. know what I mean. Yep. Whereas the Nintendo commercials, it was always children playing it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I just thought I always think it's fascinating how um, I believe it was kind of the birth of the gaming community. That's kind of how I see that Nintendo era because now you had because of the types of games with the the cheat codes and the secrets and how kind of intricate the games had become compared to Atari games. You had a lot of like chatter. Uh, amongst the the gamers and there was rumors of this and there was legends of that and there was you know did you know Samus was a girl and all that kind of stuff and it really kind of created this like this mystery about a lot of the games and especially when the Nintendo Power came out and there was all kind of secrets they were giving out and uh, maps and everything like that and kids would bring the books into school and we'd look through them and you try to remember the map if you didn't have the Nintendo Power at home and try to go back home and play the game <laughs> based on your memory you know because like you said there was no internet so that that really added to the nuance of of that era and I just think it was just really fun to be part of that when it was uh, early on so that was it was exciting times for us Nintendo fans for sure yeah man I mean it, it, it to me it really uh Prior to that, I mean, my, I tried, I was thinking about how to word this earlier. It was like, 
you know, like the arcades was like my first girlfriend, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and the Atari, you know, I went on a few dates with the Atari. I never owned an Atari, you know, I played it and I, and I really liked it. I was super interested, but you know, she didn't call me back kind of thing. Right. But the Nintendo, like, you know, I went all in with that. And, um, I mean, it, even to today, it still has the fondest memories, um, just playing it if i feel like just popping in a game i typically think of an uh, nes game first before you know any other anything else it's it's usually my go-to yeah now did you get all um wrapped up into the cartoons and everything did you watch any of those <clears throat> no well i mean i saw them i i wasn't as into them which which surprised me you know like later on um when i started getting back into collecting kind of like the mid to late 90s I, you know, I, I, you would stumble across them, right? They had VHS tapes and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, like, wow, like, how wasn't I more into this? But, you know, I saw some, you know, but I, I might have just been at that age where it just, I wasn't watching as many of those kind of cartoons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I was probably leaning more towards uh, action based cartoons, more like, um, I don't know. I want to say X-Men and all that, but that wasn't even out yet. But you know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. either or or either that or I was not watching as many, at, you know, because like I said, I was probably 14 at the time when I really got into it. So, yeah, I, I didn't watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show that much, but I did really like the uh, Captain N. Uh, just the thought of the kid getting zapped into the. Nintendo, and next thing you know, yeah. he's in Nintendo World with like Simon Belmont and Mother Brain and Mega Man. I just thought, even though those characters are kind of silly, but just him running around right. with the zapper gun and everything, I just thought that was so cool. So I really did like that cartoon. Welcome to Video Land. Mega High! Wake up, Kid Icarus! Welcome to Castle Day! Ultimate Warp Zone. Kevin, I thought I told you to clean up your room. Whoa! Captain N, the Game Master. Well, one of the things I did like that was, I mean, it wasn't exclusively Nintendo-based, but they had a lot of Nintendos on. There was that game show where kids would compete. Uh, what was it? Was it Double Dare? I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, it, it was, you know, they're running through obstacle courses and stuff like that, and they're sticking these games to, like, their vet. Like, they have Velcro on them, so they would, <laughs> so, like, whatever. It was almost like Supermarket Sweep for kids. I should know the name of this, but anyway, so I used to really dig that thing because it was almost like, man, I want that game. Or sometimes they would show you games that you didn't know about yet. Was that so, on Nickelodeon? Uh, no, uh, well, it might have been, but uh, locally it was just on. It was syndicated on oh, okay. uh, just some local channel, Channel Fifty Three. I don't remember that. Not even affiliated with the network. Yeah, that one missed me. I never, I never saw that. Well, we'll we'll get some screenshots of it for you and put it in our uh, yeah, good idea. In our uh, what the hell is that thing called? The Discord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Discord. 
<laughs> just joking. I like that. It's, it's fun. Now, did you do a lot of trading with uh, your friends? Or how did you acquire most of your games? Did you get most of them as, as presents, like from Christmas and birthdays? Or did you buy any of them yourself? And or did you do a lot well, of trading with your friends? I, I didn't do any trading because I was the only one who owned a Nintendo in my little, you know, in my circle. Um, I mean, I traded years later, but yeah, no, there was no trading going on. But I did a lot of renting because we had, uh, I mean, even in the small town when I was in, there was three different stores that rented Nintendo games, which is amazing considering the population out here. But I mean, it was it was crazy. And the lady would let me, you know, I had my own rental account. I didn't have to bring my mom down there or anything, so I could just rent whatever I wanted. And uh, I would rent a lot of a lot of NES games. Uh, a lot of times I would focus more on the, early on it was a lot of it was focused on like the arcade ports. Cause you know, I was still really into arcades. So if I played something at our, in an arcade and I saw that they had a Nintendo um, port, you know, sometimes I didn't realize like the ports weren't real ports. They were completely different games, right. but you know, you didn't know that until you got at home. But um, so that was some of my early experiences with that. But uh, the games that I actually acquired were, you know, just birthday and Christmas. Yeah. And then, you know, I, like I said, I did cut the grass. So every now and then I would save up and buy my own game. But uh, that was pretty much how I got them. Yeah, we had a rental store that I could ride my bike to uh, it, right in my community. And they rented NES games and then later Super Nintendo games. But I don't, I don't have a lot of memories renting them. I think I would often go there and look at the boxes and read the back of the boxes. But I was really funny. I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want to rent a game that I might buy. Because then it sounds weird, but I, it was like a spoiler kind of thing. Like I, didn't, I didn't want to spoil the game by renting it. Because I was so, like, when I bought a game, I had, like, the ceremonial opening, and I would read through the manual first, and I would put the game in, and let the title screen play out, and watch the demos, and I had this, like, little routine <laughs> that I did when I had a new game, so I was really funny about that, so I didn't want to rent a game and have that kind of spoiled for me, especially a game that I, that I knew I might want. So I think I probably rented a couple sports games maybe or something like that um, before I bought them, like maybe Double Dribble or Blades of Steel or something like that. But uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird that way. So I think I have more memories renting Super Nintendo games uh, later later on, but I don't remember renting a lot of NES games, to be honest with you. Which is weird because I'm the reverse. Uh, after that, probably leading into the 90s, I just would, if I wanted something, I would buy it. And I just, I started more... I. I don't know if it was the spoiler aspect of it, but I knew if I wanted the game, I just wanted to own it. Yeah. So I just started buying them. Whereas early on, I didn't have as much uh, cash because you know I didn't have you know, the only job I had was lawn cutting. Um, but I, it didn't bother me at all because it was cheap. The lady was you know it was like ninety nine cents for a rental, and if I wanted to rent them a few days, she would let me just go ahead and you know rent it for two or three days. At, at one whack without having to take it back and everything right and uh i mean literally three of my favorite games in my top 10 is is because i discovered them via renting oh okay so anyway yeah. I, I did do a lot of trading with my friends um i don't remember exactly what games but i do remember trading games like permanently like for keeps kind of thing um, and do you remember any regrets no no, I don't. Uh, I think usually I got the better end of the deal because, again, I was pretty anal, for lack of a better word, about my yeah. games and my little library, and, and I really wanted certain games. I knew I wanted to keep other games, so I wouldn't trade anything off that I knew that I liked even a little bit. I would always keep the games that I 
that I liked because I kind of was building a library for myself. And um, so, but I do remember trading some games. Again, I don't remember exactly which ones, but that did go on. Yeah, but most of most of the games I had, I probably bought myself because as I got a little older, you know, I was I had a grass cutting kind of thing going on, and I was often making money and getting getting allowance as well. Um, I do remember the first game I ever bought. I believe it was Double Dribble. Um, I remember going to a mall with my parents and saving up my money, and I really wanted that game so bad because I loved basketball back then. And uh, I remember buying that game at the mall. So that was the first game I ever remember buying with my own money. Um, and I did get some for Christmas and birthdays as well. So that's how I usually acquired most of my games back back then. Well, I'll tell you the first game that I bought, and this is going to probably stab you in the heart a little bit because I know it's one of your favorites. But um, So like I said, I, I was really into arcade games. So one of the games that we used to like to play a lot was Rygar. And uh, when I saw they had an NES port, um, I had some money, and I had my mom take me down to this place called Home Express, and I bought Rygar, and I took it home, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> like I because it wasn't like the game in the arcade. Um, now since th- since then I I appreciate it for what it is and I think it's an excellent game. But at the time I hated it and I was like I felt so cheated because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. So uh, I had my mom take me back and I took it back and I told them I wanted to return it. And they showed their cards instantly. Like, well, the only way you can return it is if it doesn't work. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm returning it. (laughs) It doesn't work. And they're like, okay, well, you have to sign an affidavit. And I'm like, what's an affidavit? And it's like, well, if you sign this piece of paper and you're lying, you can go to jail. And I was just thinking to myself, like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I'll go ahead and sign that. And so I signed it and I returned it and I got Tiger Heli, which I really love Tiger Heli. Um, I'm not saying Tiger Heli's better than Rygar for you Rygar fans out there, but at the time, it was I was debating between those two games when I was I didn't know which one I wanted. I never played Tiger Heli before, but I I used to see the the spreads in the magazines, and it just looked fun because we were we played a lot of shooters at the arcades at the time, and it and it kind of looked like some of the shooters that we were playing, right? And uh, I just thought it was oh that would be really fun to play that. So uh, I swapped it out for Tiger Heli, and I loved it. And even though there's no real ending to the game, and it kind of just loops after about, I think it's the fourth level, it'll loop. But uh, So it's kind of more, uh, you know, score attack kind of game. But um, I, I, I loved it. And I have since grown to appreciate Rygar and actually think it's an excellent game and kind of regret maybe not giving it to try i should have because i at the time i had the time (laughs) to play it so i probably would have enjoyed it that is so funny because i had the exact opposite story i never knew that rygar was an arcade game and i loved it as a kid and the first time i ever knew it was an arcade game was just a couple years ago um at uh c3 in chicago they had that Mm -hmm. um that famous arcade what's it called the the Galloping Ghost or something like that? Yeah, Galloping Ghost. Yeah, and yeah. I saw it in there. I was like, oh, I didn't know Rygar was an arcade game. And I played it, and I was like, this is awful. <laughs> but it was terrible because all I know is the NES version. So I played like one right. level and just like walked away from it. But um, Well, you know, the thing was is we, we used to um, – there was a, a little – Jiffy store, you know, I don't, you know, a little gas station, right? A little convenience store. And um, 
we would go down there and they would always rotate games in and out. I mean, usually certain games would stick around a lot longer than others, but, um, and Rygar was one of them. And uh, we really got, you know, when I say we, me and my friend Arthur, we really got into playing it and, and we got good at it and both of us beat it you know independently yeah and it was just felt like such a huge accomplishment to beat an arcade game which you know at the time like it just wasn't something that we did you know like you because they were quarter munchers they were designed for you to lose you know what i mean um so i i can see why you wouldn't like it i've never beaten an arcade game in my entire life well i take that back i actually again at c3 i played uh the teenage mutant ninja turtles game all the way through with a group or something with a group of three other people yeah and that was the first time i ever beat an arcade game because i always just yeah. played you know i had a limited amount of quarters and right i think the galloping ghost was the first time i ever really played uh, a free play kind of environment where all the games yeah. were you didn't have to play quarters besides at magfest and stuff but i don't and, uh, you know i did i did also beat a couple games at magfest but i'm talking about earlier on when arcade games no yeah we had yeah, to put a quarter in. growing up when you had yeah. to actually spend money to no play i the never game, sat right? there and beat an arcade game i just put a couple i had maybe a dollar and i'd put like i'd play like four four quarters through or whatever and that was it so uh, yeah that, was, that one in wonder boy was two games um that i played a lot at that one store and i beat both of them and uh Man, I just, you know, you feel like, you know, you're on cloud nine when you do it, you know, it's, yep. of course, and, and, you know, but I, honestly, it, during that era for me is when it really got me to, to leave the arcade because I just remember thinking like, you know, well, we spent like $5, right? And, you know, had I just saved that, I could have bought a game, you know, like, cause <laughs> you know, there were, there was discount games for like 20 bucks and. Um, there wasn't really no used way to get them around here, at least at the time, anyways. But sometimes they would go on sale. Yeah. And um, that kind of those that quarter munching stuff kind of pushed me towards the NES even more. All right. Well, let's let's shift to our current collecting NES. Um, so, did you like restart collecting when you became an adult, or did you just keep all the games you had when you were a kid and just kind of continue that on? kind of linearly or did you have a big gap like i did well sadly um probably i believe around 19 probably 1990 i was dating this girl in high school and i you know i was in the girls at this point you know nintendo was gathering dust around (laughs) 90 91 well i think it was actually 91 um christmas was coming up and i wanted to get her something nice uh, there was a local arcade. The guy actually would buy games if you brought him in there, and he actually gave really good rates. So I sold him my Nintendo and my, you know, my games. And uh, but he, he, like I said, he actually did me up because I, I had enough to buy her like a two hundred dollar ring or something. So mm. I bought her, bought her a little ring, and you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, but I restarted my collection in the mid nineties probably around 95 i think my ex-wife uh we at the time uh her brother still had his stuff so when i would hang out with him i would play his stuff and i was thinking like you know man i need to get me another one of these so i started going back to the swap meets and i found an nes and uh you know decent little couple stacks of games i mean you know you, you're going for the staples but at the time you would get like a box you know like if you wanted it they would give you like a box full of stuff for like 10 bucks you know yeah 
and uh, it, it probably had like 20 games in it you know it had some staples it had mario it had you know it had the uh, contra mike tyson's punch out a couple games like that and um that's really what got me back into it so between then and 98 i got close i had about 87 88 games at that time and um from the swap meets uh it wasn't until probably i took a break from collecting around 2003 because uh work and other interests so i just kind of you know put them away and i knew they were there and um it was around 2010 when i got back into uh, collecting and uh from that point you know i am- amassed all the crap i got now <laughs> i think i started collecting uh right around the same time around 2010 i think i've been at it for about 10 years now um but i you know i never kept any of my old stuff um i i just moved from from one system to the other and never I kind of left everything in the dust. So when I got my Nintendo, I just got rid of my Atari stuff. When I got my Super Nintendo, I just yeah. got rid of my Nintendo stuff. Nintendo 64 got rid of my Super Nintendo stuff. I didn't care about keeping this stuff back right. then. Um, and then later, when I was an adult, um, I got the, the bug by stumbling upon the um, AVGN videos. And I was like, man, I, I want to get this stuff again. This is so cool. And I just kind of got that itch. And uh, my wife got me a Retron 3 and Metroid for Christmas. I, I believe it was 2010, I'm guessing. Somewhere around there. And that's what triggered my modern collecting that I have right now. So I, um, I kind of started afresh. I had nothing at all um, from, my, from my past. I did get my Super Nintendo back from my niece's that I gave it to oh, back so in the good. 90s. So yeah. that is the only console and a couple of the games that I that yeah, I have from when yeah. I was a teenager. I'll tell you, just the coincidences never end. That was my, that was the one I didn't get rid of with the Super Nintendo. Now I didn't, <laughs> you from the, from the 90s, um, you know, when I got back into collecting like heavily at the end of the 90s, uh, when I was, hitting the swap meets heavy getting super nintendo and nintendo games uh it was around 97 or i think it was 97 when the or was it 98 i can't remember now when the 64 came out and uh that's what you know i so i bought the 64 so i I still have all my consoles for my super nintendo up just the one i don't have is my original nintendo i'll tell you a funny story though so the guy who i sold it to he's he's a little short dude right and now years later i'm already full-blown like collect now when i mean years later i'm talking like i don't know 2016 right i mean i've been been hard at it for a while but i i would still think back to times where i'm like man i really wish i you know if i ever ran into that dude i wonder if he still has it like the store <laughs> closed down like i don't know like some off chance you know what i mean because i knew we didn't have multiple games you know, like he only had the one game, like because he was trying to do a rental service there. Mm-hmm. So he had one Contra and one cat. That's it. So I knew if I found him and he still had him, the chances are that was my stuff. Right. Wow. But, you know, I never saw him. But then one day um, I was working. Uh, I had a job at a store down here and he came into the store 
and I was I was trying to get his attention, but he didn't hear me. Like he was on his phone or something, and he drove away. And I thought, man, I'm never gonna see this guy again. Like that was like <laughs> the first time I'd seen him in like 30 years or whatever. And I, I, luckily enough, like a few weeks later, I saw him at our local grocery store. And so I approached him and I'm like, hey, man, you know, uh, you probably don't remember me, but, uh, you know, back in the day, I sold you like all my Nintendo stuff. And I know this sounds weird, but bear with me. You know, you used to have that little arcade. And I mean, I just wondered, do you still have any of that? I'd love to buy it back from you. And he's like, and he's looking at me kind of puzzled. And he's like, no, man, you know, you're thinking of my brother. And I'm like, what? I'm looking at him like, there's no way. And he goes, yeah, man, we, we, we're not twins but we look like twins and he goes nah sorry man I, I was like well can i can you get me in contact with your brother and he goes there's no way he still has it he got into drugs and everything oh and anything of value he would have sold and i was like oh man. oh my so yeah well you that's tried pretty much the end of the line i did <laughs> and i really thought you know like i just i don't know why but i thought it was gonna happen but it didn't that's funny so, you know, when I started collecting back in right around 2010, uh, you know, my initial goals were to kind of get all the games that I that I had when I was a kid, to reacquire those games. Yep. Um, and once I once I did that, the next stage for me was to acquire any game that I had ever played uh, over a friend's house or that I rented or what have you. Um, and then once I acquired that, then I moved on to games that were that are renowned that I'd never played that I really wanted to try like uh, right. for example Kirby's Adventure I never played that game but I know it's a great game I do have it now and I've played it and it's awesome and I'm glad I have it so that's pretty much where I'm at now with my collecting um, I have a pretty limited library I probably have I don't know under 200 games I'd say um, and at this point I'm just taking it nice and slow if I see a game that looks interesting that I don't have that I've never heard of I might pick it up but I am so like happy and comfortable with my current library of NES games because I have every game that I ever had as a kid and I have every game yeah. that I ever played as a kid and I have most of the games that that were good that I wanted so that is pretty much my I guess psychological approach to my to my collecting now I know yours is much different so yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it, I'm not mistaken <laughs> you, well, you have a complete a complete collection is that correct it, it is it's near complete okay. um now I, I it's obviously there's different ways it's not complete in box collection i started off just like you i wanted to get the games i had then i wanted to get the games that i had played then i liked like the rent the games that i'd rented and um and then i moved on to get you know the games that i wanted to play or the games that i didn't even know that existed like the sequels and stuff like that you know like ducktales 2 yeah i it blew my mind there was a ducktales 2 i was like what i didn't even know that i was you know because it was such a late release you know yeah it blew my um, mind when i realized there was a rad racer 2 i was like oh i never knew there was a rad yeah. racer 2 i love that it, game <laughs> so. exactly it's just so weird but um I, I remember thinking, I remember going to this store and I would just, I would sit there and waste the time to look through my phone to see reviews of games. You know, there was yeah. a, there was like a database, uh, like a game facts, but it's not facts, but it's like FAQ or yeah. something like that. So I used to go to game FAQ and I would look up the game and, and sometimes like users would give feedback on what they thought of the game. And that's how I was uh, basing my purchases on. And then at, then there was just a point where I was like, 
I, I'm just going to take them all. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would just buy every... And, you know, the funny thing was is I never had the goal to have a complete set. And I, I had a friend, uh, well, a, a guy who would I would do a lot of deals with, um, and he was like, well, you know, so you're going for the complete set. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want that. You know, I just, I'm just looking... I, I You know, I want the games that I want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so right now I'm five away from a complete set. <laughs> um I just, and arguably, I'm four away because uh, the Myriad six and one is only it's it's this, I have the Caltran six and one or the Caltran six and one, however you pronounce it. It's the same game. All they did was just put a new sticker on it. But collecting wise, it kind of counts as a different game, whatever. But so I need those. I need the three Panesian games. Those are the adult games, and uh, for the for the license set i need stadium events which i mean that's not much of a shocker um (laughs) but i also i am very attached to the manuals more so than the boxes now over the last few years i've started buying more boxes but i'm i'm really content with just buying the boxes that i like i really have no desire i know i got friends who are like oh you know you got cardboard fever and no i don't i'm really just i'm very picky about the ones that i get i i buy the boxes that either are for my favorite games or like with the ljn set i thought it would be neat to kind of have an ljn set and it wasn't that many so it was like 25 games so i thought oh you know that'd be kind of fun like a fun little side quest to do so i i do a little bit of box collecting but the but almost as meaningful as the games is the manuals and that's another thing i want all of them and i'm i'm about 30 away from a complete manual set as well so uh yeah i i've i've bought a lot of crap over the last 20 (laughs) something years (laughs) yeah i mean i i can see myself like i think i mentioned to you the other day i'd be in i have a couple of box games but not many just a handful of them but that's something that um, now that my collecting is kind of, kind of simmered down as far as acquiring the games that I want, um, it'd be fun to get some of my favorite games in boxes and, uh, you know, like you said, collect for the manuals. I do have a stack of manuals, but I don't have yeah. nearly as many manuals as I do games. So it's another kind of cheaper, fun way to continue the collecting on is, is you know, find the manuals for all the games that I have. Yeah. I also did the um, uh, Tengen game. So I have all... All but one, and that is the uh, the um, Tetris. Tetris, which yeah. is the most expensive one, which isn't even that expensive. It's like fifty bucks, I think. Right, it, it's it's really dropped. It, I've, there was a time where it was over a hundred bucks, but now it's it's around fifty. Yeah, so I, I just for fun, I was collecting uh, the Tengen games, and I have, like I said, I think there's twenty one of them. I think I have twenty of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I could be off on that. But, um, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, so I just, I just don't have... Uh, but that's going to be fun when I finally find that out there in the wild and pick up my final uh, Tengen game. I just think it's so cool how they're made by Atari and it's Nintendo. And most of those games are pretty good. They're not yeah. like, you know, a bunch of no, bad they games. Are. They, they, yeah. they're, they're very solid. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very solid library. I mean, and plus there's that sneakiness of it, the fact that yeah. uh, Atari made this, you know, uh, shell company to you know get the lockout chip and yep <laughs> they made their their three games that are actually officially licensed just just so they can get their foot in the door you know yep. it's it's awesome it's just a neat story and it's neat to have all those yeah. and so that was kind of a fun um side mission if you will uh with collecting is to collect all those tangent games so i, I gotta you know i know that my collecting is going to be fun and continual and probably for the rest of my life there's probably no end in right. sight but uh you and i definitely just have different approaches no so what 
how do you describe yourself as a collector? I guess I should ask. What, what do you like? I know you're a collector, not just with NES games, but with a lot of things, and you kind of have a collector's kind of, uh, I guess, mentality. Whereas I don't have right. that. So, what do you? Uh, how would you describe yourself as a collector? Uh, I'm probably insane, bordering <laughs> on <laughs> border. I don't know. No, but I mean, here's the thing, Duke. I, there's just things that that I enjoy having that just make me feel happy, right? And maybe that's the clinical um, definition of a hoarder. I don't know, but I I um I really enjoy video games, but I you know like I'm not into like PS2 collecting or anything like that. It's it's really you know don't get me wrong. I have like you know a modest PS2 collection and and you know PS4, PS3 stuff like that. But as far as how I describe myself, uh, I just look at it this way, man. Everybody has a hobby, you know. Some people are into fishing, you know. Some people are into hunting. Some people are into auto racing golfing you know all those things come with a price tag and you know yeah at the end of the day you have the experience you know but i have the experience and i have a trophy every time i buy something so you know it's something that's personal to me you know it's it's not just a fad to me i mean i've had many of uh, collector friends you know like sell out when the market was hot and all that kind of stuff yeah. and it's you know that's not something that interests me like I, I i'm not an investor i don't buy these things for the investment right i mean don't get me wrong i've bought games specifically to sell them that's you know i mean i, I mean if i you know I, i'm a I don't want to say a capitalist, but uh, I'm definitely a, an entrepreneur or, uh, you know, I, I like to hustle. You know, if I if I can make some money on the side, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? If yeah. I if I have knowledge on something and I can I can buy it and sell it for a profit, I will. But if it's a if it's a if it's a game or if it's something that I want, I don't really care what the the value is. I mean, obviously, I don't want to overspend as far as buying it. But just OK, for instance, little Samson. It's more than quadrupled. I didn't get it. I, that wasn't one of those games I found for five bucks. At the time, I paid up. You know, I had some poker winnings, and, uh, and so I thought of it as found money, and I bought me a little Samson with the manual. Um, now, my like, if you want to look at it as an investment, I've made almost five times the amount of my purchase price if I were to sell mm. just the game. And if I were to sell the manual, now I'm looking about maybe six, seven times my purchase price. But... I don't care. It doesn't. Right. I don't look at it. I I honestly don't look at my little Samson any differently than I look at my Contra. I mean, actually, I I'm like my. I would probably be more likely to sell the little Samson before I would sell my Contra if I had to <laughs> sell one and never have it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, easily, I would. That wouldn't even be a choice. Uh, of course, I'd rather have Contra. I, it's a better game, I, even though I think little Samson's a fantastic game, but the other one has more meaning um right. so as far as the collecting goes you know I, I i just look at it as like this is a hobby this is something that's personal to me it's it's something that um i enjoy i've met a lot of friends through the hobby and some friends that go well beyond collecting you know like uh, i mean if it wasn't for games i wouldn't know you i wouldn't know curtis i wouldn't know some of our other mutual friends right oh but, yeah but I don't think of you as my game friend. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the games, yeah, sure, it was the reason how we met each other, but it's not the reason that I don't think it's what bonds us. 
So uh, I, I just, I don't know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's nice to be a part of, and you know, I, I used to think it was kind of cheesy, the whole community label. I don't know why. I was, I was a little resistant to it initially, <laughs> but I mean, it is a community. It's a community of people who have like-minded interests, who uh, share a passion with each other. And, you know, sometimes they, you know, they fall off and they just kind of go away and they find other interests or whatever. And, and uh, sometimes they stick around and, and I just enjoy it, man. I enjoy the camaraderie that comes with it. And, but it, it, to me though, like, um, I do this for myself. I don't, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, I, you know, the kids call it, you know, chasing clout or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about that. You know, I, I, I don't buy these games for anyone's approval or anything like that. I buy them cause I want them right. and I enjoy them and I want to have them. And, and, and there's a comfort in knowing that if I want to play them, I have something to do. You know, I play with my children. We have a good time. You know, it's, it's, it's just fun. Yeah, we, we touched on this a lot on our first episode, um, and I, I think that I, I've proven over the years that my collecting habits and my collecting hobby is a very healthy and positive thing. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, to reflect... Well, I mean, you go you, with your wife to... to right, yeah. I mean, you, you've made it a family thing, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And I'm responsible yeah. with, with how I spend, yes. and, and I don't go crazy with things, and you know, I have to say, uh, with how you collect and how much you have and and we'll talk about one last thing here in a minute with your super mario brother duck hunt uh collection (laughs) (laughs) but i I have to say you you have a very healthy uh attitude and you have a very healthy approach to your collecting and i think it's obvious that it's not any kind of detrimental thing or any kind of a crutch or obsession or anything like that it's just a very healthy thing that that gives you enjoyment and i think it's impressive to say the least well, I appreciate that. I mean, ultimately, Duke, I mean, as far as, you know, money comes and goes, I don't spend what I can't afford to spend. You know what I mean? And I know that if I ever got into a situation, this stuff would be easy to sell. I have the means to do it. I have the know-how to do it. So it's never a concern to me. You know what I mean? Like, if I did look at it an investment, I'm telling you, man, if, if you were to look at my return on investment on this stuff, like, I am way in the positive on it you know what i mean but right, right i just i just never looked at it that way i but i enjoy hunting you know for the games i enjoy the the art of the deal you know what i mean yep. like i love doing that i love sitting there you know negotiating i i uh you know finding different strategies to get people to you know lower their price or to make the the deal you know i just enjoy it you know i mean heck yesterday i went in the fresno and bought a couple of games you know I, uh, this guy had this stuff listed i started sending him offers he went for it and we sat there and talked for about 20 minutes i mean he's a really nice guy so it's just uh it's just fun man you know like i just enjoy doing it and i really don't ever really seeing it go away yeah so to to talk about one more thing before we move on to our our next topic for p- those that know you you have a sizable collection of one game and that is Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. Do you want to tell how many you have? <laughs> Cuz I don't even know <laughs> at this point. Um I currently have uh 461 wow copies. Wow. Uh, my 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 end goal is 650. Um I I'll, I'll just I'll try I don't know I don't think we've talked about this before in the podcast but um it started off kind of like, you know, I buy a lot of lots, right? 
And there was a time when I would get these lot of games, like sometimes I'd get two or three copies of Mario Duck Hunt in in the lot. And I'd put them to a side and usually I would bundle up a console and resell that. You know, I would take the games that I wanted. It's basically flipping 101. You know, you take what you want, you sell off what you don't want, you try to at least break even or make a profit. But I would end up with a lot of extra Super Mario Duck Hunts. And while I was still finishing my main, my NES collection, <clears throat> the shelf that it's on, the bookcase that it's on, um, I needed some filler, right? Like the games would fall over if I didn't have something there. So I started using my extra Mario Duck Hunts to kind of close off that space. Um, and then one day I just kind of liked the way it looked. So I decided to build a little shelf to put it on. And um, I felt I filled that shelf and it was I felt really content about it. But I just didn't like the area of the room that it's in. And I wanted it on this opposite wall that where my main my NES collection is. I just wanted them next to each other. So I decided to flip my Atari games and put that on the smaller shelf and put my Super Mario Duck Hunt on the other shelf. And now it's that's why it's bigger. Originally, my goal was. OK, originally, originally, my goal was nothing. I didn't have a goal. But <laughs> at one point, I had this idea to uh, take a bunch of carts and put them on the ground to make a gigantic Mario. All right. Like a pixelated Mario. Uh -huh. yep. um, I just I thought it'd be fun to do. And I wasn't that far from it. I needed 143 carts to do this. So that was my original goal. And when I got to that goal, um, I decided I needed to put them on a shelf. So then the new goal became 380 and then now it's for uh, 650. And I know what people are thinking. There'll probably be a new goal down the line, and there won't. But if there is, who cares? I don't care. It's my money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me. I'll do what I want with it. Right. But um, interesting enough, though, if I – I'm probably just as much invested money-wise in the damn dust covers <laughs> because, you know, also I got to get 650 dust covers. With Nintendo every, every one right? of my – no, 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 I don't care about that. Oh, okay. it, that. That doesn't matter to me. No, that, I don't care one way or the other. Because when they're on the shelf, you can't see it anyways. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because I want the ball in dust covers, so, you know, I had to do that too. But, you know, man, people have been so generous, Duke. Uh, people send me them all the time. I'll get boxes, you know, of 10, 15 cards. Sometimes it's just one, you know. And, I, and I, anytime anybody contacts me, I ask them to sign the cart with their screen name or whatever and it's just fun man you know it's vice news contacted me and wrote an article about it and i i just got a kick out of it i mean i don't take it seriously <laughs> i you know it and you know what's hilarious is um part of my favorite and i i'm pretty thick-skinned so i don't i don't really take especially from strangers i mean if i don't know you your opinion really doesn't mean anything you know what i mean like right. you can think whatever you want i don't care you don't know me but um whenever these like I've gone viral a couple of times. I mean, on a lower scale, it's not like millions or whatever. But you know, when I did that one picture, it it, it blew up pretty big. It was spreading yeah. around a lot, and um, so I would go back and I would read the comments, and people would be like, you know, oh, this guy's a loser, and oh, he's living. <laughs> so it's funny because uh, like I, you know, I would go back and I would just like reply to him, no, but not mean. I would just be like, yeah, you're right, dude. I I can't. I'm, I suck. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know stuff like that. And this one lady's like, uh, 
you know, uh, he lives in his, his mom's basement. And I was like, my mom lives in an apartment. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just kind of a joke. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just, I had fun with it. Um, some people, it brings them a lot of joy when they see it. Some people, it, some reason, pisses them off. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know, ultimately, you do whatever you want with your money, and I'll do whatever I want with my money. And there, that's the way it'll be, you know? Yep. So within that collection of ultimately what's going to be 600 and some of the same cart you also have variants right you have right yeah okay well so that... there there's there's the challenge set well or the action set there's okay there's typically two covers you have they they look the same initially but when you really look at them one will have like a divider going through between mario and um the duck there's like a white divider that'll go through the label and then one that doesn't have it or one has a seal on it. One does. it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They're both the same. Right. Like there's, you, there's essentially there's two variants. Um, I I don't know. I've heard people say there's more, but in reality, the only other variants that I come across are country variants. Like for instance, uh, at the bottom ours, at the bottom right, it'll it has like the product code, and then at the end it'll say USA. Well, the ones from Canada will say C A N for Canada. Right. And so and like I got one being sent to me right now coming from France. It looks the same. It just says France, you know, F R A N or something right. like that. So there's those kind of variants and then there's also um there's actually a different I mean, okay, here let me let me also get this straight. There's also the super there's also the triple pack where it's like Mario Duck Hunt and Tra- world class track meet. Uh-huh. See, I'm not interested in that. Right. That's fine. I mean, I have those in my collection, the main collection, but that's not what I'm collecting. I'm right. only specifically collecting Mario Duck Hunt combo cart. Uh, so, but there's also it's interesting, like in Europe and also in in like uh, the Spanish territories, it's still Mario Duck Hunt, but it has like a cartoon picture. It's really cool. It looks so much different. It's not huh. the pixelated. Yeah. It doesn't look all pixelated. It actually has like a cartoon looking Mario and a cartoon duck. So that's kind of cool. And those aren't as easy to come by. Now those and, variants, uh, those variants count towards your numbers, right? Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. <laughs> because they're still Mario Duck Hunt carts. Yeah. Right. No, they of course they count. Yeah. Well, that that is certainly a unique aspect um, that not a lot of collectors can can brag about. That's um, that's really cool. Or, or, or well, most collectors would be ashamed, so they wouldn't brag about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very you're obviously very proud of it, and I think that's cool. You have no shame in it. I I, I, I enjoy it, man. It I guess I I like it's in my game room when I sit in here and I'm watching TV. It's out. It's like in my peripheral vision and I can look over at it and look at it. And I just, it brings me joy and I enjoy my games and I enjoy my shelves and I, I like to see them there. Well, also, you know, amongst a sea of other gamers that are on the internet, you know, that's something that makes you stand out. Oh, that's the, that's the Mario brothers duck hunt guy. You know, that, that Chris. So, you know, what's <laughs> funny is ever, you know, what's funny is, um, I'll like sometimes I'll put on Instagram I'll be like you know I'm looking for Mario Duck Hunt cards like I'll have something for trade right and someone you know sometimes strangers will you know who aren't somebody I'm familiar with they'll be like oh hey uh, I got some stuff um you know and so like we work out the deal and then the guy's like hey man did, have you ever heard of that guy who took a bunch of carts and put them on the <laughs> ground and I was like oh yeah man that guy's fucking crazy like, oh sorry <laughs> that guy's crazy <laughs> yeah so uh that's it's funny. pretty funny. The uh, you know one of the, 
I don't want to say it's awkward, but, you know, like, I don't really... I mean, some of my coworkers know I like old games, but I don't really get into, like, the amount of games I have. Right. Um, so, uh, one of my supervisors, one day, I I was walking through our, our little break room, and uh, he's like, Hey, man, uh, I saw you on the news, and I was thinking to myself, like, Oh, that's not good, <laughs> you know, like, because... <laughs> You know, I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's and he shows me like he like holds his phone up, and I'm like, oh. And he's like, how many of those things do you have? <laughs> and I'm like, you read Vice? He goes, oh yeah, they got real interesting articles. <laughs> I was just like, well, to put it in a little perspective, you have you have almost as many Mario Brother Duck Hunt games as I have total games in my entire collection. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have just over 500 and some games totally. So, you're you're creeping up on my entire collection with just that one game, which is funny. Yeah, I thought about making a Twitch channel uh, called "Live from My Mom, My Mother's Apartment Basement," <laughs> and where where I actually take each one off the shelf and play each one and oh my beat gosh. each one, just for the heck of it. So just to troll the that's internet. That's in the works. Yeah, just to be like, oh yeah, let me let me pull off another one here. So. <laughs> All right, well, with that, I guess we'll move on to our, our final segment here, which is our top five NES games. So this was really, I found this to be a little more challenging than my Atari top five for some reason. Um, but just like with my Atari list, I'm very comfortable with what I came up with here. But it, it certainly was a challenge to pick certain games over others and decide why they're on my list and all that stuff. So... It's always interesting to, I guess, analyze how we make up these little lists. Um, so, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Yeah, sure. I'll, well, you know what? Let me get the grand finale. Then you, you had it on the Atari. You go ahead and start. Okay. For my fifth... Now, again, this, this list is not... I would call it my, my top five. Not what I think are the top five best games... Um, maybe not even my top five favorite games, just like what I would call my top five games for whatever reason. They just kind of what I how I identify the most with these games, or I'm not even sure how to put it. But these are the games I guess that mean the most to me um, from the NES era. So my my fifth game, let me pull my list up here, is I put Contra. So Contra is one of those games that is going to be in a lot of people's top five, top ten lists, for sure. It's one of the best, probably, NES games ever made. Um, and it's renowned for that. It's it's one of those games that everybody kind of holds on to, everybody pretty much had back in the day. Um, it's just got such great gameplay. The two-player mode really stands out, where you can cooperatively play uh, two players and play the whole game together, and it really adds a lot to the game. It's got fantastic music it's konami at its best um and and what else can you say about contra it's just a fantastic game i have a lot of memories playing it from when i was a kid and it was always one of my favorite games to kind of go back to and try to beat again so and that obviously you got the konami code uh it wasn't the first game that had the konami code i think that was um uh, gradius gradius right but this game i think kind of made it more famous um it did. Matter Everybody fact, knew the Konami code. Kid, for we Contra. didn't even we didn't even call it the Konami code when I was a kid. I called it the Contra. The code. Contra code, right? Yeah, I didn't even know it as the Konami code until I got older. <laughs> okay, so that's your number five. That's my number five. 
All right, my number five. This was honestly out of the list. If we would have done a top ten, I know we talked a little bit about this before being off air, but um, if we did a top ten list, I would it would have been so much simpler for me. Yeah. <laughs> but to th- th- this was my tough spot, five or six. I really go back and forth over it, but I I feel really good about it now that I've reconciled that. Um, and that's Ducktales. Oh, okay. And. And, and to me, like, this this was one of those games I discovered as a rental. Uh, my friend Marshall, his little sister, her mother would go rent her Nintendo on the weekends. And she would, you know, she, so she would have them for, uh, from Friday to Sunday. And, and she would be, get, like, three or four games. And one of the times, one of the games she got was DuckTales, because that was a very popular cartoon at the time. And I was watching her play it, and I'm like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. And it has... It, I mean, it's just such great mechanics. The attack, the controls are perfect. Um, the music is easily one of the best soundtracks to any NES game. I mean, just the standard DuckTales theme is awesome. But, I mean, everybody gushes over the moon theme, and I think it's great as well, but I like all of the themes. The sound effects, it has hidden secrets. It has everything you want in a Nintendo game. So that's my number five game. That's a fantastic choice. I, that is one I never played as a kid, but I know that if I did, it would definitely be in my top ten. I didn't play that until I was an adult, and I think it was with the Cartridge Club. Didn't they play that game? They um, did. Matter of fact, I was on that episode. Okay. That was the first time I played through and beat DuckTales, and I loved it. I also well, now, did you get note, all three endings? What's that? Did you get all three endings, Duke? No, I just beat it once. Oh, well, see, then you're not <laughs> you're not a real gamer. No, I no. know. <laughs> but, you know, on a side note, uh, my wife and I also played that on Curtis's Girlfriend Versus episode. Um, you did? Which was really fun. We had a great time recording that, and that was a really, really uh, good video that Curtis put together. And that was just uh, one of the highlights for my wife and I to be on that video with him. He did such a good job editing that together, and it was just really fun. So that was, uh, that, that was game really is special cool. to me yeah. as well, for that reason. Well, it should have been in your top five, Duke. I'm so sorry. I think you, really, you dropped the ball, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, so what's your number four game? Okay, my number four game is a Capcom game. I, you can probably guess. Do you want to take a guess? Mega Man 2. No. That's what nope, I thought you would okay. guess. <laughs> it is <laughs> well, it's an easy guess. It is Bionic Commando. Yeah, I love Bionic Commando. I That's love awesome. this game. I had it as a kid. All these games, you're going to hear a, a familiar theme. I had it as a kid because there's no way I'm going to have a game on my top five that, that wasn't something I played as a kid. That's just the way I am. So they're all going to be games I had as a kid. But I love this game as a kid. It was so unique. It has that classic Capcom style and sound and music that is just kind of synonymous with all their games they all kind of have the same well you could say that about any you know about konami too but i just sure. when you put a when you put a capcom game in you just kind of know it by the way it sounds and the way it looks yep and, uh, this this one really stands out it's got a lot of qual a lot of quality um it, you could take different paths i mean ultimately it's uh, it feels non-linear but it really kind of isn't but it does yeah. kind of feel that way when you play it um but no, dude, Bionic Commando is an excellent choice. Yeah, and, and it's that got was one of my formal rentals too. Fantastic graphics, and 
the, the most Cam notable Hitler. thing. Yeah, <laughs> Hitler's face blowing up at the end. Yeah, right. How cool is you that? Hitler, man. But, Absolutely. You know, for a game to not have a jump function was really yes. unique and really stood out. Instead, you have the grappling arm where you swing over right. everything, and that just instantly just grabbed me back then because every other game, yep. you know, you jump, you jump over everything. It's completely In this game, different. Yes. You had kind of had to relearn how to platform. And it just really was fun. So, Bonnet Commando is just one of my favorite games. It obviously is my number four. So, there you go. What about you? Okay, well, this this one, it, it almost pains me to say it out loud because this one is, it's always been in my top three. But throughout the years, it kind of bounces around. And so now it's my number four, at least for this recording. It could change tomorrow, but Castlevania is uh will be my number four game now this was the second game that i got well technically i got contra and castlevania at the same time and you know the first game was the mario duck hunt but um my grandmother bought this for me for my birthday and this was one of the games that uh really sparked my imagination when my friend came back from his cousin's house and was telling us about the games he was playing one of them was castlevania and one of the highlights of my early you know I don't want to call it a career, but gaming history, I guess, yeah. was um, was beating Castlevania. Uh, you know, we played it and played it all night. I mean, literally for weeks and months, you know what I mean? And finally, um, that moment of beating, well, first was the psych out moment when I first beat Dracula and I thought it was over and then he had the second form. And I was like, what? No. But um, when I finally beat both forms, uh, it, it felt like such a huge accomplishment and uh, it was a big monkey off my back and I was the first one of my friends to do it. I probably the only one of my friends to do it and um, I felt really good about it and, and I love the game. The music is, you know, I, I don't know. I love the music. I love the battle of uh, the, the bosses. Um, I know some people find some flaws in like the, the bounce back, you know, the difficulty, but to me it's the perfect amount of difficulty. I could run right through it. I could almost no dunce run it. I, the only thing I get caught up on, sometimes I beat Dracula quick. Usually it's Dracula, which, well, it always Dracula. Because <laughs> I, I haven't done the no death run, but I've done a one death run. I've done a three death run. So um, I, I really love playing a game. I usually play it about three or four times a year at least, all the way through. And um, it's my number four. You can't go wrong with that one. I'm not going to say too much because it might be on my list as well. Right. <laughs> I, I'm kind of being quiet about some of your stuff, too, for the same reason. All right. So now, now we're to my number three. And my number three game is the first Nintendo game, and that is The Legend of Zelda, the original. Yeah. So I was a little late getting this game. I remember thinking um, while I was playing my other favorite games like Castlevania and Bionic Commando and all those types of games. And I would look at this and I would think, eh, it just doesn't look like my kind of game. It looks kind of kid-like and it just looks a little too complex. I like platformers. I like just action games. And, you know, with all the buzz, I finally said, you know what, let me let me try this game. And I think I asked for it for Christmas and I got it. Um, I'm guessing in 1988, uh, maybe 87, 88. And I instantly fell in love with it. I, I saw instantly why everybody was raving about Zelda. Um, you can't really tell by looking at it, but once you start to play it, you get it. It's just so fun. It's addictive. The puzzles are fun. Um, 
the dungeons, the music, I mean, the list just goes on. There's a reason why The Legend of Zelda is the the, the legend and the classic that it is. It is right. just notorious with the NES and being one of those first games that has the big open world and uh, the big, you know, lengthy kind of gameplay with a battery save, exactly. And the big map it came with and the special box with a little window that shows a little gold cartridge in there. Um, And it's just, you gotta have, well, I have to have The Legend of Zelda on my top five for sure. Um, It might float around in that top five list uh, given the day or the time or whatever, but for now, it's my number three. Well, coincidentally enough, it is also my number three, <laughs> and um, I didn't have it as a kid, but I went to a friend's house. Uh, I was probably 87, I think, or around that time. I uh, was staying the night at a friend's house. His brother was playing it. Um, I looked at it, and it looked like crap to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's yeah. burning bushes and picking up coins and everything, and the music was just that one. Well, I mean, essentially, there's, what, two songs for the whole game? The dungeon. You, know, you got and your overworld, overworld yeah. and you got your dungeon. And I just remember thinking, like, man, it just keeps playing that same damn song. <laughs> but, you know, um, I believe it was 1991 was the first time I actually played it. And I, I, init- I instantly saw what people saw in it. I loved it. My uh, future past brother in law, it was his game. Um, he he never beat it, so I was determined to beat it and, you know, to rub it in his face. And I sat there one weekend and I played it from beginning to end. And, I, I you know, I loved every second of it. And I even this year, I've beat it, I think, like seven times already this oh year. Oh, my gosh. I was to, well, I was trying to speed run it because um, I've gotten into watching speed runs a lot. And I just really wanted to shave my times down so you can kind of... You know, you can skip ahead and uh, get get the second sword faster. You know, there's all these little tricks, right? I love the game. The the, the music is funny because that overworld or heck, even the dungeon, the song has that dungeon song has like a hypnotic. It does, yeah. Like sound to it when you're sitting there playing it, you just really kind of zone out. Yep. You're in the dungeon. You. You know, you're blocking everything out. I love games with exploration. You know, I'm not a big, like, a JRPG fan. No. Like, you know, I don't really care for leveling up. Even though I do like Zelda 2, but I don't really care for that kind of RPG. I like this action-adventure. Yep, same here. Open, you know, like this kind of RPG. Uh, this is right up my alley. Yep. And, um, I, you know, blowing up walls and finding hidden stuff. And it really... It's still in today when you play Breath of the Wild. You know, you're playing it. You're searching for things. You see a crack in a boulder or something, or you see some tree in a weird spot. You know, you know to go over there and burn it or try to chop it down or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it 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 taught you how to play the games that they were going to make. It's it's just really cool. Um, I mean, even even the stuff that it comes with it, like, you know, the little... The little um, the tips book that it comes with. I mean, not even the manual. Like, there's that little yeah. open if open in case you emergencies or whatever it says <laughs> on it. You know, like if, if only if you need it kind of thing. You know, I, I was <clears throat> you. Re- I read an article on. You know, I mean, it's been other people's videos as well. But you know, uh, Miyamoto talking about you know him making the game and how he didn't want people to. He didn't want to handhold them. He wanted them to explore yeah. and just enjoy exploring. 
And that's actually what I do when I play the game. I just enjoy it. And, it, you know, right now it's sitting on number three, but it could very easily be number one. Yeah, well, this game, probably more than any other, uh, to touch on what we talked about initially with all the school bus chatter and the rumors and the legends, really kind of generated a lot of that because... Um, you had the map that it came with, but there were so many uh, secrets that you didn't even need to find to beat the game. Um, you could beat the game outright without even a guidebook or anything, but if you got the Nintendo Power or the special guidebook, there was a whole other game to play almost. There's all these you know, yep. secret caves to find and different ways to play the game, and it just really made that kind of gaming community aspect kind of solidify and, and really kind of start. So this this well, game it even really has stands the second, out for that. It even has a second quest exactly, where yeah. you could they mix the dungeons around and everything. I mean, it's it's awesome, man. Yeah. And and you know what? As far as bang for your buck, like tell me one of those early titles that you got more value out of. Yeah. You yep. know, there's none. I mean, maybe Super Mario Brothers, but really this one is, you know. Yep. And, I mean, and the battery really set it. A, like honestly i'm a little bitter that some of these other games didn't have it like why doesn't mario 3 have a battery <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> that's a hard one to sift metroid, through oh yeah. why doesn't metroid have a battery i mean i know it had the password system but come on man yeah so well there you go that's a good good number good number three just like mine so we're to my number two right yep so it is castlevania yeah this this will probably always sit just under my number one this it never will be my number one probably because my number one is so special to me but Castlevania is definitely a solid number two and probably always will be so I just think this game for me it just has it all I think especially the theme of this game is what I love the the classic monsters I've always loved horror and monsters and this has all the classics you got the mummy and you got Dracula obviously and uh, the Grim Reaper and Frankenstein and just all these great this great imagery and this gothic scene with the castles and the whip and the candles and the music is just fantastic. Um, I just love this game and this is one of those games where I would just sit in school and draw pictures of Simon Belmont and draw pictures of the of the bosses and I just was obsessed with this game and I I've always uh, it's, it's always had a special place for me and. Um, I just love a lot of the games, but the original Castlevania is probably my favorite one. Now, I know the Castlevania 3 is a better game, and I love that game as well, but I did not play that game uh, back in the day, so it won't make my list. But um, yeah, this one I probably beat hey, 10 times over I, at I, least. Now, see, I've heard that that better argument, and the the thing I would say about it is it's... it's um, you know, it has the branching paths. There's things about it that, yes, it's an upgrade for sure. Yeah. But I still say part one is better. I mean, that's why, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, part three isn't in the next couple of games for me. So right. um, that's why Castlevania is ranked higher than Castlevania three. And I think Castlevania three is an excellent game. It's a little tougher, but maybe it's only because I haven't played it as much as the original Castlevania. But what's funny is when I first started getting into uh YouTube videos, I would bounce around and I'd see somebody doing like a Castlevania review and they were talking about how hard it was. And I was like, what? Dude, what do you mean? Like, it's impossible. And I'm like, impossible? It's like I beat it when I was, you know, a teenager. What are you talking about? Yeah. But I mean, you, it sharpens your skills, man. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, the thing about it is, yes, it can be brutal, it can be punishing, but it's unlimited continues. So if you have the patience, 
and you want to continue to play it, you can get better. You yep. know, you just got to keep trying. Yep, absolutely. So Castlevania is my number two. Yeah, well, my number two is um, is Super Mario Brothers. Not Super Mario 2, not Super Mario 3. Is the original Super Mario Brothers. And I know we've already kind of talked a lot about it, so I'll just... Th- the fact is, it's still one of my favorite go-to games. Um, it could easily be five on this list. It could easily be one. I mean, I bounce around. I love playing it. I like trying to speed run it. I like... Um, just doing different kind of challenges where you know like um, uh, they have a pacifist challenge where you go through it and you try not to kill any opponents other than the bosses or no coin challenge where you see how far you can go without getting any coins i mean it has this it's just such a it's such a fun game for me to play i enjoy it it was the first game i ever owned like actually was mine that i bought and um you know there's not really a lot more to say i mean it's super mario brothers i mean it, it <laughs> redefined you know what I mean? it, it, it kick-started the video games revolution that we have now it brought us out of you know the the video game crash of 83 or whatever 83 84 whatever it was and um it'll always be in my top five for sure and right now it's my number two game yeah, yeah, I, I can see why it's on there. I figured it would be, uh, given your collecting habits there. So <laughs> I figured that was going <laughs> to yeah. be up there on your list. All right, well, I guess we're at my uh, we're, at, we're at my number one. Yeah, let's All hear right. it. You, you know, I'm trying. It. I was trying to guess it. I, I I know it. I don't know why I'm can't. Go ahead, just tell me. It's Metroid. Same. Right. Yeah. Well, Metroid. of course you're 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 dating the the boss. I mean, dating. You're married to the boss. <laughs> yeah, mother brain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Of course, it's your favorite game. So Metroid uh, is is just it's my favorite game. It always has been. It probably always will be, as far as NES games, and maybe even my favorite game of all time. It, it very well may be, but um, it, it would have a good competition with Hero from from Atari. Um, both those games are just way up there on my all-time favorite list but metroid for me um again the theme really stands out to me i love science fiction probably more than i love yeah. horror um and i'm a bit of an introvert and i like i find comfort in isolation and solace and this game gives me that kind of vibe where you're kind of all alone and you're lost and you're trying to find your way through this big maze and uh, the music that accompanies that really kind of, uh, you know, lends itself to that, that tone that I like, where you're, you're isolated. And it reminds me of one of my favorite movies of all time, and that is Ridley Scott's Alien. And obviously it yep. borrows a lot from that movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, most notably, you know, Ridley, one of the bosses, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that Samus is a girl. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I just always <laughs> love that tie-in. That it was kind of like uh, Alien, the video An game. Alien game. Yeah, yeah. So, just um, and this, just like I said, Bionic Commando stood out with its unique gameplay where you don't jump. This one, to me, was the first one, or probably was the first one, where you have areas that you come across that you have to come back to later when you get a power upgrade or a missile or whatever, and it's it spawned that whole Metroidvania kind of term that's. You know, used a lot right now, with where you you know go back to areas that you've that you've been to before with newer upgrades. So that um, that aspect has always 
kind of been impressive to me and always stood out, especially back then because it was the first time that that was implemented as far as I know. And aside from that, just uh, the fantastic music. I mean, when you first put the card in, just that really eerie, creepy kind of music that's playing just kind of drew me right in right away. Especially oh, with yeah. the star field in the background and the, the spaceship and everything. And I just love science fiction. Uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of a lot of the old Atari games with the space theme. And it just had me with that. So Metroid is one of those games I've probably played through, you know, dozens of times throughout my life. I beat it multiple times as a kid and multiple times as an adult. And I probably will continue to go back to it time and time again. And it is my number one NES game. So, now let me ask you this. I'm assuming you have played the version of the Game Boy Advance version, right? Where the Metroid Zero, yes. when it, yes. it when it adds the maps, yep. it kind of Super uh-huh. Nintendo, it basically makes it a Super Nintendo port. Yes. Or gives it the Super Nintendo vibe or whatever. Um, so what do you think between the two? Oh, that's... Yes, that, it, that is probably a, a better game. I love playing that uh, Metroid Zero on the Game Boy Advance. I bought that when it first came out. Um, Me too. And loved it. I still have it. Um, but I, it, too. I bought that in Fusion. I think they came I, out at the Fusion, same time. Yeah, I got Fusion as well. Yeah. Both awesome games. Um, so, yeah, if, if you were to look at those two games objectively, I think it's hard to say that the original Metroid is a better game. Right. But for me... It's it's got all the feels in there because of oh for sure yeah 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 <laughs> the nostalgia no, I'll say I'll say it the nostalgia uh, of that yeah, game yeah we got to get what... that word in there <laughs> is that the first time we said it this time I think yes, it is yeah I think so that's the longest we've gotten the podcast without saying nostalgia <laughs> so you know, the nostalgia and and the fact that the game is just so good with its gameplay and its music and its graphics and everything else its level design is why that's my number one. Well, it's a fantastic choice. Um, I'm sure Metroid would rank a little higher for me had I played that before I played Super Metroid. And I think that's kind of what knocks it down for me in that regards. I think it's a great game, but I lean more towards Metroid Zero because I played Super Metroid first. Uh-huh. And then I played Metroid. I, yeah. I, I never played Metroid as a kid, um, but I did play uh, Super Metroid as an early teen. And yeah, I that was just such a like eye-opening you know to what super nintendo games could be oh yeah when i played super metroid and i know this isn't a super metroid podcast right now but (laughs) just saying so i have the same love for metroid i i love the 3ds game that came out i hope they do the i hope they keep the the 2d style going and they do one for the switch yeah i would please nintendo if you're listening you know what i mean (laughs) or whoever somebody i don't even care if it's a third party somebody make a metroid for it but uh, yeah it's a it's a fantastic game um so my 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 number one game also has alien roots and that is contra that is my all-time favorite game um it probably across any system um I mean, there's games that I enjoy. At times, I could say there's games I enjoy more, or there's games I, I'm i more into at a time, but I always go back to Contra. I, I've no death run it. I've attempted, you know, like I've gotten really low times on a speed run, not anything record-wise, but I mean, I continue to go back to the game. There's just so many things about it. They borrowed so much stuff from our pop culture from when we were kids with 
you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh -huh. And I know both characters are based on Arnold Schwarzenegger, but at the time, as a kid, it was like having Rambo uh -huh. and Commando on the cover. And I know they're, I've since learned that they're actually both based off of Arnold, but nonetheless, right. it looked like Rambo and Commando on the cover. You got the, the Metro, you know, the Alien movie vibe to it. Yep. Um, hell, they even bring in the, the, the Dreadnought Thunder Machine comes at you at one point. You know what I mean? It was like, these guys were into everything. Yeah. You know, like, uh, they, you know, they, they were borrowing a little bit from everybody. I love the fact that in Europe, um, they had to put only robots in. So yeah. it's it's called Probotector. It's the exact same game, and I own it. I'm going to own every copy before it's said and done. I'm, I'm trying to track down this one on the... I think it's a spectrum or something it looks like a cassette i don't care i'm gonna get them all but uh, <laughs> even on the famicom which is really nice because and that's actually going up it's about 50 bucks now but it has the extra we, we lost a little bit when it came to america like i love it the, i i can play our version and be just content with it but uh, the famicom version has you know swaying trees and it has snow coming down when you're going through that and it yeah. has little cut scenes in between the levels like all those got taken out because uh i guess it was uh, about the chips or whatever it didn't have the same uh capacity to do that on on the nes as it did for the famicom but nonetheless what we got is great the konami code Everything that comes to it, the fact that the co-op is as fluid, is a, it's as fluid as a co-op as you're going to get. Yep. You know what I mean? You could play with somebody and there's, you know, there's some games that aren't beatable on co-op. You know, you just can't do it. And right. this is a fun game. You know, um, it, it's, it's something that I'm always going to play and I'm always going to love. Uh, the artwork is great. Just everything about it. And Konami hit it out of the park with it. And just another thing, Konami, if you're listening, give us just a regular Contra. <laughs> Quit giving us 3D crap. Quit trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, you did it with Contra 4. Just stick with it, man. <laughs> just give <laughs> us a 2D Contra and I will yep. buy it. I promise you. Well, that, that's All a right, great so choice for it. number one. Very good. All right. You want to do a couple of honor, honorable mentions before we get out of here? Sure. Let's do them rapid right. fire. What do you, what's your, let's do three. Okay, I'll give you three. My one of them's Bionic Commando. It was a former rental when I was a kid. I love that game. It could easily be in my top five. It's excellent. We've already talked about it. Um, another one is Heavy Barrel. That if you love Contra, you will love Heavy Barrel. It has a top-down perspective, so it kind of gives you a little the Bakari Warriors vibe, but it doesn't suck. And um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I mean, that oh, was yeah. that was what I was debating between five and six. Yeah. Uh, me and one of our one of our d dear friends, Matt Bandy, we both uh, share the Glass Joe world record. So, uh, <laughs> yep. you know, I'll I'll never be beaten. I'll be a world record holder until the day I die because it's unbeatable record. But um, it's it's just a great game. Uh, whether you're playing the Mike Tyson version or just the standard Punch Out, with they swapped it with the uh, Mr. Dream, it doesn't matter. It's still the same game, but uh, it's great. That's another game I hope Nintendo makes for the Switch and keeps it into the 2D format and doesn't try to do something with the Joy-Cons and all that shit. I don't want an exercise, Nintendo. I just want to play a video game. So those are those are three of my uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, Punch-Out! is great. I had played that tons as a kid, and I that's another game I go back to very easily. It's just so fun to play. 
Good choice. And I've never played Heavy Barrel. I need to check that one out. Oh, dude, you got to. You would you would love Heavy Barrel. Is that a uh, like a expensive or rare game? Nah, cheap. You can get it for like ten bucks. Oh, cool. You oh. you can get it boxed for like twenty bucks. Well, now I got it's, another game to hunt it's for. Really easy. Oh, you got to get Heavy Barrel. <laughs> All right, my three honorable mentions are Super Mario Brothers, because of the same reasons that you said. It is just, you know, it was the first game I ever played and saw for the NES. It you can't deny it's an unbelievable game and it's just so fun to play and it'll always be fun to play I think until the end of time and it is just uh, you know it's brilliant so that had to be on my honorable mentions list Uh, Double Dribble Um, this game is just special to me because my father liked basketball and I remember like I said before this was the first game I ever remember buying and I remember trying to get my father to watch me play this because I wanted him to see how real it looked. And I wanted him yeah. to hear the little <laughs> sneakers squeaking and uh, the ref jump ball and all that stuff and all the sound effects and the voices. I was just so impressed with uh, all the stuff that's in the game. When you go to Slam Dunk and it shows like the little cut scene. Yeah. So I always love Double Dribble. And then Rygar, as we talked about before. Yep. It's just one of those weird, quirky games. It's not fantastic, but it's just something about it, the music, and it's just kind of got this weird, eerie tone to it, and I've just always been drawn to Rygar. So that's on my honorable mentions list. Now, I could have 50 games on this list, but I just, oh, for yeah. some reason, well, picked these three this time. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. We're not doing a top 10 or top 20, or we'd be here all day, so... Exactly. It's we we got to kind of cut it somewhere. Yep. Well, that's it. Well, that was uh, that was really fun, man. We we covered a lot of ground, I think. We did something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, to close, we will mention that we do have a Discord server that we have a lot of fun with. We're going to put a lot of pictures on there. Uh, I'm sure we'll put some pictures on for this episode. Uh, maybe Chris will put a picture of his Mario Brothers Duck Hunt shelf. <laughs> maybe. Might as well. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Put that on there. But anyway, check that out. I'll put another um, invite because I think they expire, I found out. So I need to put an okay. invite out there. It lasts like 24 hours, I think. Oh, so, okay. So when I promote this on Twitter or whatever, I'll put a another link to the Discord server. Um, and if you haven't done it yet, you can rate us on the iTunes uh, app because that, that's good. So Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything. Just say say it's the best podcast you've ever heard. Who cares? Yep. They're not gonna test. They're not gonna. They're not gonna find out if you're lying. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I just want to say too. I want to thank you, Chris, for doing this podcast with me. This has been. You you said it to me privately that this was one bright thing that came out of 2020. And I have to agree. With as rough as a year as it has been for so many people, I think including you and I, this yeah. was definitely something that I've really. It kind of let me escape from the harsh realities of 2020 a little bit. And the planning for it and the discussions of it and the recording and the editing, it's just, it's been really good for me. So I'm really glad that you're doing this with me. It's been really fun and we're being consistent with it. And I'm looking forward to many, many more. So thank you, Chris. Well, I feel the same way, Duke, and I'm, I'm glad we're doing it. It, 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 uh, it is a welcome escape for for these kind of times that we're in and you know things things can always be worse but uh i'm looking forward to the better days so hopefully they come soon yep and on that note happy new year everyone and we'll see you next time 